Good morning, everyone. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, uh, and uh, I'd like to add my welcome uh, to the welcomes you've received already for those of us who are gathering here in the chapel, as well as for those who are joining us on the live stream from home. Um, one of the jobs that I have at Seven Oaks is to serve as our community care pastor, which means that I get to work with our community care ministry, um, overseeing our community care ministries. Now, we've got a definition of community care that we work with, and it's all of the ministries, programs, events, and activities that we carry on as a church to help provide compassionate, generous, and loving care and assistance to people who are in need because of poverty, homelessness, sickness, and circumstance. Uh, about once a year, we have the privilege of, as a community care committee, of bringing you a community care Sunday, and we're doing that today. And <clears throat> this year, we have decided that as a focus for the service, we would focus on ministries and programs, whether inside Seven Oaks or outside and the partners we partner with, but ministries and programs that walk alongside youth and young adults who are in need. There's going to be a lot of happening during this service. It's a different order of service than we're used to here at Seven Oaks, and there will be different elements in the service, and you're going to see a lot of different participants. Uh, you, over the course of the morning, will hear from three pastors, five lay leaders from our uh, youth and young adult ministry. Um, three of our high school students um, will be coming up to help us out, um, and that's all before you count the fact that we have um, uh, two of our young people serving on the worship team this morning and that all three of our camera operators um, are youth from the church as well. We, <clears throat> we also will have with us this morning six guests representing different ministries and programs uh, that work in this particular area and uh, you'll get to hear them interviewed a little bit later. All of the participants will be around after the service is over um, and because it's the first Sunday of the month, we're having coffee and cookies, so it'll be a time of fellowship, and if you want to uh, meet and ask questions of any of the participants in the service, they're going to be here after the service for your pleasure. We've got a lot to cover, so um, I'm going to stop talking and uh, let us get going from there. Keegan, I think you're on next. Hi, my name is Keegan, and... Uh I am one of the youth leaders uh, here at Seven Oaks, and uh, I'm the oldest youth leader, uh, as you can see, putting my glasses on. Uh, one of the things we value as a church is family. We believe that Jesus died and rose on the cross so that all who believe in him uh, are adopted into his family. Therefore, as God's children, we are committed to being a family that loves one another sacrificially. A part of being family is celebrating together. This morning, we celebrate students who have completed high school and one student who has completed a post-secondary diploma. As I read out the names, I'm going to invite the students to stand and remain standing where they are. Rachel Anderson, Robert Bateman Secondary School. Luke Carpenter, Langley Christian School. Santino Hakarainen. Yale Secondary School. Erica Mosey, Yale Secondary School. Vaughn Pitzel, W.J. Mowat Secondary School. Jenea Verwood, Abbotsford Christian School. 
Jesse Thiessen, Diploma of Pastoral Theology, Summit Pacific College. Now I'm going to pray for the students. While I do, please gather around them, uh, anybody near, near them, uh, and um, if you can't, raise your hands uh, and join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for each one of these young people. We thank you for being with them on their educational journey. Whether they fully recognize your presence or not, we celebrate all of the work they've put in over the years to meet the requirements of their graduation. God, we lift up Rachel, Luke, Santino, Erica, Vaughn, and Jenea to you. May you have your hand on them as they move into a new chapter in their lives. Guide them and direct them. Holy Spirit, fill them and equip them. May they recognize how you are calling them to be a part of your mission to this world in what comes next for them, uh, be it for their schooling, work, or a gap year. And for Jesse, Lord, we thank you for these years he has devoted himself to preparing to serve you in pastoral ministry. And all of the years he's been a youth leader here. May you place a calling on his life that he would know is from you. Provide him the opportunity he is longing for in a church community. Holy Spirit, fill and anoint him for what you have in store for him. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, I am Arabella. For the past three and a half years, I have had the privilege of serving in the monthly satellite food bank here at our church. Today I bring you our scripture reading from the book of Mark, chapter nine, verses 33 to 37 in the New Living Translation. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him, and said, whoever wants to be the first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms, and said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. Hello, Seven Oaks Church family. I'm Jesse, and I'm not one of the pastors here. <laughs> I am a recent graduate from Summit Pacific College, where I did earn a diploma in pastoral uh, theology. And I'm privileged today to get to teach on the word. Now, Jesus makes two main points in this sermon. Firstly, to be first, you must be last and to be servant of all. He also says, anyone who welcomes a little child like this welcomes me also. So greatness is not measured by our worldly standards. It's measured by Jesus' standards. And he says to serve. Serve according to our best ability. 
So first, let's look at the first point. To be first, you must be last and serve servant to all. So stop comparing yourselves to each other. The disciples are comparing each other, and they're going on all these standards. They don't, they just are making up arguments, right, on who's the greatest. That's what we all do, right? And um, if you look at our worldly standards, you go to Google and you say, who is the greatest person of all time? Muhammad shows up, a false prophet. So really, we should not be using worldly standards. So we should be using God's standards. Be servants. Lead and serve people. And so first, we have to humble ourselves to do that. We can't be doing it out of our own pride, our own uh, wants, our own needs to serve ourselves, but to serve others. So we have to go below them to serve them. And then we can't, we can't rely on our own good feelings, our own like happy thoughts of serving. We actually have to go out and serve. And we have to do this because James 2 says, anyone who, if your brother and sister comes to you and says, I am hungry and cold, and you say, go be warm and be full, and go on your way, and you do nothing good. So uh, we have to actually have intention in our hearts and in our actions. And let's look at the second point. Anyone who welcomes a little child like this welcomes me also. Now, there's a few ways we can look at children in this passage. Children can be seen as, of course, helpless children or young people, as well as uh, in Roman times they were uh, lesser than, uh, not to be listened to, whatever that may be, and like lower class citizens. And they can also be people who are just generally helpless, people who cannot help you. So who should we serve? We should serve people who we cannot gain anything from. You can't gain things from a child who can't help you, can't give you money. You you know, it's not about serving, oh, that rich guy, oh, if I serve him, if I pay for his class and I help him, he'll help me back. No, we have to serve those who can't provide anything, the rejects, the poor, they can't give you anything back. They need your help, not the person who is self-serving. By serving them, you're self-serving, and that's not helpful. And by doing so, you're welcoming God into your life. You're saying, I'm doing this, you know, God, and uh, just help me with this, help me serve, and God will come into your life because you did good things, because you did good, uh, good serving. So how do I help? How do I help all these And so we're going to have six people coming out today who will tell you about ministries you can help with, as well as the other, like, 30-some community care ministries you can help with, as well as local church ministries. And if you don't know your skills, your abilities, where you can serve, you can speak to Pastor Brian, and he will connect you with one of these church ministries or one of these um, community care group uh, organizations. So let's uh, pray. Oh, Lord, I just ask that you uh, provide us with the ability and availability to serve and that you can guide us to where you want us to go and that we can be your humble servants, serving those in the community as well as in church ministry and uh, be able to live out the life you want us to live out. In your name I pray, amen.
to sing a song called Behold, which kind of just brings to, to light everything that Jesse just talked about. When the church moves, goes into places that maybe are unseen. When God moves, the empty are filled, and the wounded are healed, and the broken are put back together. I think that's the heart of heart of the Father, and hopefully that's the heart of our church too. So I'm just going to invite you to stand as we sing, Behold, God is pulling back the curtain to say, look behind here, this is, this is my love and this is what it does.
Good morning, church family. I am here with Luke and Carmen, and we're just going to talk about ministry. Um, you may recognize Luke. He hangs out here. Um, Luke, why don't you tell us about your organization and your role in that? Yeah. My name's uh, Luke Mason, and I'm a youth worker with Youth Unlimited. Um, we serve in the greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley area, and we have many uh, diverse programs that focus on vulnerable youth and broken youth and all youth. And uh, we have everything from drop-ins to mentorship to discipleship programs. And uh, yeah, we just, we're just out here to show the love of Christ to as many youth as we can. Awesome. Tell us why your ministry is so important. The work that I do is we're focused and aimed on uh, gang, crime, and gun prevention in schools, and we work on school grounds. And uh, we found that studies have shown that, you know, if a youth has one caring adult in their life, that they have a 70% chance higher of success in overcoming their challenges. So we are dedicated to being that caring adult and providing services where we can always be able to accommodate all these youth. How can we, as a church family, pray for you and your ministry? Yeah, we are getting ready to open up our summer program. Um, uh, being in the schools is, there's a lot of difficult things that we got to do as a Christian ministry, so pray for that as well. And uh, so our summer program, uh, so we want to have deeper and long-lasting connections uh, built over the summer with these youth as they make their transitions from elementary to middle school and uh, also for uh, our funding is that we need about five thousand dollars a month and we are about 70 percent of the way there for so we're looking for uh, partnerships as well so we want prayer for our partnerships to grow with the communities that we work in all right let's pray father son holy spirit we lift up luke to you and youth unlimited Lord, we pray for this organization as they go and reach students. We pray that walls will be broken down and that they will see you. We pray for summer as um, students are away from school. May they just have opportunity to connect with students. Um, we also pray financially, Lord. Um, we pray that you will help people provide money so that Youth Unlimited can be funded. We thank you for Luke and his ministry, and we just pray that you bless him and you use him. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Hello, Carmen. Thanks for being here today. Why don't you tell us a bit about who you are and your organization? My name is Carmen, and I work for Archway, and I coordinate Talia's Closet. Um, Talia's Closet is a program that offers free grad services to youth in need. Um, many of our at-risk and marginalized and vulnerable youth don't actually attend grad because they can't keep up with their peers. So my job is to coordinate with the community and our marketing department at Archway um, to get uh, pleas for donations. So gowns, suits, shoes, accessories. Um, and one thing we like to offer is hair, makeup, and nails. Um, so we try and alleviate that barrier for the youth. Tell us why this is so important today. Um, as I mentioned, uh, our greatest mission is to ensure that our grads shine on their graduation day. Um, we want them to have the same experience their peers have. And as I mentioned, so many of our youth think that they can't arrive on this day. 
Um, and so our job is to make sure that they do, that they are included um, and they have a space with their peers. And how can we as a church family pray for you and your organization? Um, if anyone here knows someone who's graduating, it is very expensive. Um, reach out to them. Ask them if they need anything. And if you know someone who needs a service that I'm offering, let them know that Talia's Closet exists. Um, let them know that we're here to help them. And uh, my program is run by volunteers. Um, we have a seamstress who does all of our hemming and alterations. Um, we have uh, Linda who runs the store and Heather who helps us. So definitely pray for our volunteers because they're the heartbeat of our program. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Carmen and her ministry. We thank you for her and her volunteers and how much they give and serve for you. Lord, we pray for youth who do not feel comfortable or who feel alone or scared and grad is this big thing that they can't afford or don't feel like they can participate in. May they just know that they have a place and people they can turn to. We thank you that um, you give us many gifts and you have given these volunteers so many gifts and we thank you for that and we just pray that we continue to support and that we can connect with Carmen if we have ways we can support. We thank you for this ministry and may you just um, continue to grow it and to um, help this ministry reach those who don't know you. In your name we pray, amen. Hi, church family. I'm here with my friends, John and Melissa, and they're gonna tell us a little bit of their organizations. So John, tell me about your organization and what they do. Uh, my name is John Wallen. I'm the executive director of Three Peaks Recreational Outreach. We work with underserved young adults between 19 and 24, and the program is focused on building community and working on outdoor uh, leadership development with those individuals. Um, we have two programs. We have our base camp, which is our inner city outreach. It's designed to create those relationships and cultivate that community that they never grew up with. Uh, and our other program is called Apex, and that is our outdoor leadership program. We're able to uh, build on that personal growth and those relationships that we develop at base, at base camp. And Melissa, what does your organization do? Hi, I'm Melissa. I'm the director at the Abbotsford Cyrus Center. Um, Cyrus Center works with youth aged 12 to 24 who might be experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness. Um, our programming is twofold. We have our resource center that's open seven days a week where youth can come in and um, have a meal, uh, a shower, do some laundry. Um, we provide mediation if there's been a breakdown in families. Um, any kind of referral service we, we're able to do. And then we also have our shelter. Um, so if youth need a safe place to stay, um, they can access a bed there and we work with them to figure out what does moving forward look like? What does stability look like? Back to you, John. Why is the work you do so important? Well, I actually used to work at Cyrus Center and I worked in the temporary shelter program with the same dem demographic we work with now. And uh, we could see this 
gap where we'd find housing and employment for these individuals, and then months later, they'd be back with the same issue. And I was trying to figure out the details or the key elements that were making that repetitive cycle. And for me, the key elements were the confidence that they ha didn't have to be able to do it, and then also the healthy community that could support them through that. Because a lot of us, I imagine, grew up with a healthy community that taught them these things are valuable, which they haven't generally, um, and how to pursue them. So we're there to support them through the, uh, their pursuit and work with associate ministries like Sire Center. Hmm. Uh, Melissa, why is the work you do so important? Um, I think the work Cyrus does is important. We offer a safe place um, to meet that immediate need so that youth aren't sleeping outside or um, in unsafe places, unsafe homes. Um, but we also offer an opportunity um, similar to what John from Three Peaks says for just like healthy relationship, which is something that youth sometimes have never experienced. And um, it's a really beautiful opportunity to minister just by extending grace and love, um, just like Christ does for us. How can the church pray for you? Uh, a big one right now is volunteers, um, whether that be at the events, at base camp on Saturdays or Apex, or if it's in the background, supplying meals uh, at the events, or just being the support behind everything. And the, uh, another one is um, most of the staff is all volunteer. Uh, I personally work landscaping and this job, so having that financial support to build on our staffing, we can work on new projects, new outreaches, um, that is really fundamental, uh, those individuals who to choose to support this ministry. Yeah. How could we pray for you? Um, Cyrus Center, our staff, we've, it, it's been a very big season of loss for us. Um, I'm sure most people are very well of just like the opioid crisis that's happening and um, we are responding to overdoses um, just at an increasing rate. We've actually, we've had six youth, um, we've had six fatal overdoses this year alone. And so that is, um, that is, that is so hard. And I just, um, prayers for my staff's energy and just, um, we, f we feel like we're sitting in this kind of powerless place right now, and um, I think it's like it, it teeters on the border of uh, feeling hopelessness, and I, don't, I really don't want us to sit in that. And so just prayer for, um, for staff um, to feel yeah, rested and energized and, and filled with hope. Okay, uh, I'm going to pray for them. So, Jesus, Father, I want to say thank you today that we're able to gather and uh, continue to praise you in each and every way. I want to say thank you for these two wonderful organizations that uh, continue to bless people, Lord. I pray for Cyrus Center, Lord, as they're experiencing a lot of losses lately. I just pray you give them more energy and you continue to bless them in each and every work they do, Lord. Thank you for each and effort for each and every effort they put in into helping your people, Lord. I want to pray for uh, Three Peaks, Lord. Uh, I pray you continue to help them in each and every way, whether it's getting more support, more workers into their organization, 
and more financial help, Lord. All these works that is being done is through your grace, Lord. So I pray you continue to be in that situation. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Hi, my name is Jared, and I'm here with Linda from ARM and Mike Verrigan from Joshua House. So first, Linda, uh, just tell us a bit about your organization and what it is you do. Hi, I'm Linda Dridiger, and I work with Addiction Recovery Ministry, which is known as ARM here. It's a Christ-centered 12-step program. We identify Jesus Christ as our higher power to overcome addictions. So ARM has a leadership team that meets regularly to discuss how to keep our recovery meetings safe and productive. Everyone involved has worked the 12 steps. We meet 52 weeks of the year right in this building. And ARM supports people with addictions to alcohol, drugs, gambling, porn, codependency. It's a safe place for anonymity and healing. So working with the program begins with step one. We admitted that we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behavior, that our lives had become unmanageable. Then we turn our lives and our will over to the care of God. After turning our lives over to God, we do a searching and fearless moral inventory. And out of that comes an amends list. So that's basically steps one through 10. And, uh, and step, by the time we get to step 12, we've had a spiritual awakening and we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So as a result of doing the inner work of dealing with our character defects, we achieve recovery as we daily surrender to God, trusting him for the power to overcome our addictions. So the reality is that addiction touches all people, and it's so important to know that there is help available, and we're here every Monday night. All right, thanks, Linda. And uh, Mike, let's, uh, what's a little bit about your organization and what it is you do? Joshua House. Joshua House is a Christian men's ministry. Um, we deal with addiction like Linda does all across the board, from substance to pornography to gambling and other addictions. We have over 90 men that we deal with every day. We have three program houses in town, Abbotsford. We have four aftercare houses a working house for staff, and we have the Creek, which is our big intake facility in Chilliwack that houses up to 50 men. Our primary goal, my facilitator Tim Rutherford said, we are a discipleship ministry first. Through the word of God, through living the principles and the commandments, recovery comes next. There's no way around it. It's an amazing process that graces men with the understanding of who Jesus Christ is, what he did for them, and that trusting in him and following him, recovery comes. It's amazing to watch. It truly is. All right, thanks. And next, Linda, just tell us why the work you do is so important. Well, it's like Mike was saying, it's a place for people to come on Monday night to get hope. Uh, the people that walk through our door, 
sometimes they've, they've just uh, come in and they're still using. They don't even know if they can do it. And we want to give them a place of hope, and it's changed lives. And I found that as they come to know Jesus Christ, they have the, it's like putting the engine in the car. They have the power to carry out that recovery, that hard work, the, the work that happens in their heart. And uh, they're the most fun people to be with after they've done the character development because you get a whole new perspective on life when you have Jesus and you have recovery. All right, thanks. And Mike, just a little bit about why the work you do is so important. Well, a lot of the scripture that was read today is to help others, to be selfless, to serve others. And in the world of addiction, it's all about self. So as leaders of Joshua House, as staff and monitors, we like to show what it's like to receive grace. A lot of times we are selfless and showing men how it is to be in the world but not of the world, to teach the word of God, to understand that we're not walking this by ourselves, that we have other people around us, we have a higher power, Jesus Christ, and the restoration of the family, of who we are in Christ, the, the family core. I lost everything. I was on the street of Abbotsford for almost nine years. I came to Joshua House and my mom was like, so what are you going to do? You two weeks left in your program. I'm not going anywhere. This is what I need. That restoration of my family core with my children. Many of you have know my daughter who is in the children's ministry. She's eight and a half years old. Amazing to have full custody of her. Who knew? It's just amazing what God does. All right, thanks. And uh, back to you, Linda. How can we pray for you and your organization? Well, as I said, we have a leadership team. We have small group leaders. Um, just pray that uh, they would continue to have joy and uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and ministry for the, the leadership team and those in lead. And that those that do come through the door would find hope and um, be restored. And it's only through Jesus, but it's, it's a process. And my husband always said, keep coming back and the miracle will happen. So pray that they keep coming back. Place of fellowship, a place of love. All right, thanks. And uh, what about you, Mike? We are a nonprofit charitable organization. We're always in need of everything. We have a basket or a box out front in the office for clothing donations that ranges from the kitchen sink to the bathtub. <laughs> Clothing, toiletries, socks, underwear. Most men that come through come in with the clothes on their back. And when you're housing lots of men at one time, 50 at the creek, the, don't, the, the need for the clothing, the toiletries, jackets, season-appropriate clothing, is always in need. We're in need of spiritual mentors for the men that are in town that uh, need guidance, accountability, strength from another human being that has their best interest at heart. 
Monetary donations are always good too. <laughs> All right, thanks. So I'm just gonna ask everybody to bow their heads with me in prayer as I pray over these two ministries. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray for Linda and Arm. I pray for God to give wisdom and joy to the ministries and the leadership teams and the small group leaders. For participants to trust in God and his power for them to overcome their addictions. I pray that daily they can and will want to surrender their will and life over to God. I want to just pray for the a prayer of thanks for the vision and hard work for Linda and her husband John for founding ARM and for continuing to work hard at providing a place for people to come every single Monday. I pray for Mike and for Joshua House, Lord. I pray for God to continue his work and in the life of all those at Joshua House. For the leaders and the staff, Lord, I pray that you would guide them and their steps so that through you, sorry, that through you they can glorify you and continue to help change the lives of so many men who come through the doors of Joshua House. I pray you give the residents strength to cling to you when times get hard. Lord, I'm grateful that I can see all the work you've done in the lives of those through Joshua House, and I'm grateful that they choose to come here every single Sunday. Lord, I pray for strong male mentors just to come and touch the lives of those at Joshua House, Lord. I pray for people who have extra clothes or anything that they don't need, Lord, that they could donate it. And I just thank you for Richard and Angie for working hard at providing and all those leaders at Joshua House who work tirelessly just to provide a place for all the men. In Jesus' name, amen. We've, uh, we've heard uh, from so many ministries this morning. You heard from Joshua House. Uh, we know they're here in our community. We heard from Linda about Arm that meets right here in this room every Monday. Uh, we heard from Cyrus Center. If you don't know Cyrus Center, just to the, just the east of us here. Uh, we heard from John uh, about Three Peaks. If you didn't know, Three Peaks also uh, gets together in this facility, usually I think over in the community room in the winter when they need an indoor place to run their base camps. Uh, they hang out here. Luke talked about being with Youth Unlimited, and he serves specifically in mission, right? Yeah, in, in mission across the bridge there. And then Talia's Closet. Um, all of you probably haven't had the privilege I had of stumbling across Talia's Closet, because we also host them here in the church building. They're over in part of the, the worship center, and I was over there one day, and a door was open, and I opened the door, and I was like, I, I could get all fancy. Uh, <laughs> I, could, I could get all dressed up and, 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 and have some fun. Um, uh, but no, so there are ministry also that we host here. There's all these things that are going on uh, in the life of, uh, life of our church and that we are connected with in our community, which is uh, so, so encouraging. I I'm going to stand up. This is very comfortable. I think we should consider this for other things. I'm, I'm just going to stand up as, uh, as I transition into uh, our, our time. We're going to focus on, on communion uh, now. If you didn't receive a cup when you came in, I think there's some at the back. If you're in the front here, they can be passed out. But... Um, all this, we've been talking about this morning, all these things, all these ways of serving. As Jesse told us, as Jesse reminded us, right, to serve, we need to be able to uh, put others before ourselves if we are going to serve, right? We need to, uh, we need to uh, put others ahead of ourselves. 
And, um, and we need to, if we're going to uh, come alongside children and young people, uh, we need to have a, a certain kind of mindset. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, in, in life in general, as in, in my Christian life, as I've been following Jesus, there's been lots of times where I tried, if I'm honest with you, I tried to do that on my own. I tried to do that on my own strength, with my own abilities, with my own giftings. And sometimes there was some fruit from that. But more often than not, there, there wasn't that much fruit in that. Um, we need to serve Christ through the power that he gives us. As we read scripture, we read that when we choose to follow Jesus, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, he gives you his spirit to empower you, to enable you to follow him, to be a part of his mission to this world, to be a servant of all. And so as we move into communion, we're, we're going to remember who Jesus is, and we're going to remember what he has done. And it's it, that which is empowers us to go and to be a servant uh, of all. I'm going to read for, for us a, a very familiar passage. Uh, if you've uh, been to a communion service be before, it's, uh, it's from uh, 1 Corinthians 11. These are the Apostle Paul's instructions to the church at Corinth. They were, they were struggling with how to do communion kind of in that community. I just want to read these things for you and, and just um, mention a couple of things, and then we're going to partake in this, uh, in this remembering of who Jesus is and what he's done. It says this, starting in chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sitting against the body and the blood of Christ. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. It goes on a little bit more from there, but we'll stop there, there for now. I, I think it's really important as we come to communion, it's, I just want to say a couple things. Communion is for those who have chosen to follow Jesus. This is not a if you hang out at Seven Oaks thing or if you're a member here or whatever. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, what we're going to do now is for you. And we, we'd love for you to come and, and partake in it. If you haven't yet chosen to follow Jesus, that's okay. But we would encourage you to observe communion as we take it together. The second thing I want to say is, is this. And um, I think this has been something that's been, I think, heightened or maybe more profound in these last few weeks, few months for me in, in, in the context of our church community. But communion is a great time to stop and, as it says in the passage, examine our lives. As we've been walking through this, these last number, uh, um, number of months leading up to our Soul Care Conference in, in, uh, in March, uh, for me there's been this heightened sense of, of the importance of confession. As a follower of Jesus, I fall out of relationship with him because I sin. I do and say and think things that are contrary to how God created me to do and say and think things. And so I need to confess my sin to him. And so right now, before we partake in communion, I'm just going to invite you, just, we're going to have a moment of silence. And if there's stuff you just need to give to Jesus, if there's stuff you need to lay at the cross of Jesus, I'm going to invite you just to do that where you are. And then we're going to take uh, these fun elements that we have in a coffee creamer. 
Uh, and we're going to take them one at a time. We're going to partake of the, of the little wafer, which symbolizes uh, the, uh, the Christ's body given for us. And then we're going to partake uh, of the juice, which is a symbol of Jesus' blood that is shed for us uh, for the forgiveness of our sin. So um, let's just pause for a moment. Pray, pray with me. I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to leave some silence, which everyone's going to be super comfortable with. Let's pray. God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for these encouragements, these reminders, these stories we heard of how you are at work in and through the life of our church and in and through these organizations in our community, Lord Jesus. God, as we come to you, as we remember that we can only be a servant to all if we are following if you, you, if we are in right relationship with you, Lord Jesus, it's important to examine ourselves. And so, Lord, in this moment, if there's things we haven't given to you, if there's things we haven't confessed to you, help us just to confess them now. Lord, I thank you that you are so faithful to forgive us of our sins. As we, in a moment, take of these elements, God, I just pray that we be reminded of who you are and what you've done. Remind that because you died on the cross, that we can follow you, that we can live for you, that we can serve you, Lord Jesus. You gave us your spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us as we, as we remember you in this way. In your name I pray. Amen. So we're going to, if you haven't already, I probably should have pre-done this. You've got to be really careful. It's an art form. So peel back that top layer. And I usually just lick it off there, but I won't do that because you're watching me. But let's, let's part, partake of this element, a symbol of the body of Christ given for you. This juice, a symbol of the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us partake together. I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Matthew and the Worship Through Music team to come and we're going to have a song before we close with our benediction.